You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Um, we started a series a couple weeks ago called The Path, and um, this message series came out of a family vacation uh, this past summer uh, where we went uh, to Tallulah Gorge, uh, when I went up to Lake Chatuge, um to just have a good time. And as I was walking some of the trails and some of the, uh, the paths up, up, up the gorge, um, I just began to see these signs. And I began to take pictures of these signs. I said, you know, I don't know, God, why I'm taking pictures of these signs, but I'm taking pictures of some of these, these signs along the path. And uh, so, uh, so this kind of has come out of that. And today the sign that I have is not actually a sign that I took a picture of uh, while we were there, but it's a sign that I've seen before. It's a sign that I've seen in various uh, ways. Uh, can you put that, that picture up there? Uh, it, it, who's, yeah. Anybody know who this is? A yogi bear? Hey, boo-boo. All right. Uh, it says, hi, kids. Don't feed the bears. Be sure dad keeps the car windows rolled up. Uh, and today, I just want to talk to you about don't feed the bear uh, because that could be a bad thing. There's another sign I saw that said, don't feed the bears. They will follow you home. All right. Uh, and that's part of the problem is that uh, the bear follows you home. And so this morning, uh, we're going to talk about don't feed the bears. Before we get into that, um, there was a story that I was reading uh, earlier this week, and uh, it, it, it talked about some researchers in the early 1990s uh, from Notre Dame University. Notre Dame, y'all, y'all beat us really bad yesterday, so I'm 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 still hurting. But Notre Dame University, these researchers from Notre Dame, they uh, began to do this study in the early 90s. It, the study was called the Nun Study, and they uh, did this study on 700 nuns over uh, a period of years where they began to look at uh, just their lifestyle, their, um, their emotions, just kind of their demeanor. Um, and Mother Superior had told many of these nuns earlier in the 1930s, she had instructed these nuns to uh, write an autobiography um, about why they joined the convent, why they, uh, what emotions that they were experiencing. And so they began to keep these writings. And so these researchers had this unique opportunity to follow really 700 people who had a very similar similar trajectory in their life. They, they had so many similar things that they would do, and their regiment uh, was very similar. And so uh, they were able to follow uh, these ladies throughout their life. And the, the ladies that were being studied, they ranged in age from 75 years old all the way up to 102. And so what they found was this. It was, it was very interesting what they found. They found that the nuns with the more positive emotions expressed in their uh, autobiographical notes were more likely to be alive and well 60 years later. Uh, and, and what they expressed, they found that when they expressed contentment, when they expressed gratitude, when they expressed happiness, when they expressed love, and when they expressed hope, that on average, uh, these, uh, these nuns that expressed this lived seven years longer than the nuns who didn't. And it's interesting that you start seeing the power of gratitude. 
the power of contentment in your life, what that does, and, and really the flip side of that, what discontentment will do to you, right? Uh, it's like a bear, discontentment. Uh, and this is what I just wrote down. is like, what are you feeding in your life? Discontentment is a bear that will eat you alive. Don't feed that bear, right? And that's kind of where we're at today. Don't feed the bear. What are you feeding? And we're talking about the path that we're called to, the path that we're walking on. And um, so with this, this uh, series that we started, we, we started with this statement that paths carry you to some things and they carry you away from others, or they carry you to some people, or they can carry you away from others. There's paths that you've been on in your life that, that have brought you to certain people or, and maybe away from certain people. And so we've, we've kind of started with this general, uh, general premise and just asking that question, what path are you on? What path have you chosen to walk that is either carrying you to the destination that you want to be, carrying you to the person that you want to become, carrying to your creator who is calling you to him, or are you on a path that you're walking away? Because you get a choice. You get a choice on what path you can choose. Now, this morning, I want us to read, and we're going to start in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8. So if you've got your Bible... We're going to turn there. You got your Bible. You got it on your phone. Got it on your, your iPad, your device, whatever that is. Uh, go ahead and, and make your way to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, this is Moses is, is telling uh, the children of Israel here. It's the second time around. It's the second law. That's what Deuteronomy basically means. It's the second law, the second instruction of Torah. And um, when we look here at verse 11, and we see that there's a warning. If we're talking about the signs along the path, this is the warning sign that Moses is giving uh, the people of Israel. He says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and, silver and, go and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, and then your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. That's, see, sometimes we think, God, are you, are you hating on me? But see, God's testing here was to do them good in the end and said, beware, beware, beware of the bear, all right? Beware, lest you say to in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore with your forefathers, uh, as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. And so today I want to talk to you about beware of the bear. Don't feed the bear. And that bear of discontentment, that bear of, uh, of just having ingratitude in our life. See, there's something that Moses knew, something that Moses knew when he was looking at this group of people that he's leading, uh, the, this, this, this 
people that have been slaves, and now they're coming out of slavery, and they're becoming something new. Moses knew this. He knew that they would lack thankfulness during the difficult times, but the greater danger was that they would lack gratitude in the good times. That's what he knew. He knew that, that there are going to be times that they would lack thankfulness in the difficult times. How many of you guys, when you're having a difficult moment or a difficult time or a difficult struggle, it's, it's sometimes difficult to be thankful? How many of you had a flat tire? You know, you got a nail in your tire, and it's flat. You come out, and it's like, thank God for that flat tire, right? None of us do that. None of us walk out and say, I'm just so thankful for this flat tire. We, we, we don't take that trajectory. I'm like, man, we got a flat tire. I don't have time for this. I got to get to work. I got to go pick the kids up. I got to go buy groceries. I got to do something, whatever it is. We, we struggle with that. We struggle with thankfulness. But the greater danger is not that we're unthankful in difficult times. What Moses knew was that in the good times that there would be ungratefulness, that in the good times that there might be entitlement, in those good times that we would just totally forget and think that, you know what, we made this happen. I did this. Oh, look how great I've made things. And totally forget that it was God who opened up doors. And so for many of us here this morning, um, we're looking at this and we're saying, all right, God, there, there are things that I don't want to lack to thank you for, and I want to have gratitude See, there's a question I just wrote down. Is your path you're making, is, is your path you're on making you grateful or hateful? Is your path that you're walking, are you a grateful person or a hateful person? Do you find things to just complain about all the time? Do you find it's just that that is your, your bent, your trajectory? That's, man, I just, you know, there, and you fail to see the things to be thankful for? Or are you a grateful person? Do you see that God has brought things into your life and it's just like, wow, this, I, I don't deserve this, right? How many of there are things you don't deserve, but God gave it to you anyways, right? Namely, a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth, one hundredth chance, right? And he just didn't strike you dead with a lightning bolt. So is the path you're on making you grateful or hateful? See, Moses warned the people. He warned them for this reason. He says, you may forget how you came into the land. You might forget who brought you into the land. You might forget how you came out of Egypt. You might forget who brought you out of slavery. And see, that's what the festivals do. These Jewish festivals, some of you think that the, the Jewish people, they're just party people. Yeah, you know, they like to party, right? Got all these festivals. Uh, it is a way to remind them. It is a, a cyclical way to remind them of the story of what God is doing in their life and what God has done in their past, what God had done for their fathers and their mothers and their brothers and their sisters, what God has done. And every time they have this festival, they retell that story, whether it's Passover or whether it's uh, the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. Whatever that, that, that feast is, it is always telling the story to remind them of who they are and where they've come from. And so that reminder is much like what we're going to do this Thursday. How many of you are going to eat some turkey this Thursday and you're going to take a nap somewhere and, and watch, you know, football? Maybe you're going to watch the Cowboys try to win a game or you're going to watch, you know, Detroit try to lose a game, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. My team's the Falcons, and they're not even on the map. They're not even a blip on the radar. You know, and so, so this is what we do. This is, this is what our celebration is. Um, as Americans, we understand that Thursday we're going to celebrate. Uh, but 
Abraham Lincoln, in 1863, he knew the same thing that Moses knew. He knew the same thing would happen that would ha that happened with the children of Israel. And so in 1863, Abraham Lincoln gave a presidential proclamation to set the precedent for our national day of Thanksgiving. And this is what he said in that presidential proclamation. He said, the year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with blessings of fruitful fields and help skies to these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come others have been added which are so extraordinary in a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to every watchful providence of almighty god now when you read that and it, it sounds very much like what moses is doing he says don't forget that we need a national cycle, a, a national point where we're reminding ourselves we have so much to be grateful for, where we have so much to be thankful for. And that's what we're going to do this week. But it shouldn't just be that we wait till one week a year to do that. Actually, I hope that what this week does is it motivates us to be thankful and grateful the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. And, and that it's just one of those points that we kind of re-up, we sign back up for gratefulness. We sign back up for thankfulness because sometimes we, we can become bitter and cynical people. We can look at uh, the news and we can look at the world and everything and we just start getting down. And, and, and so this morning I want us to make that commitment. God, I am setting my path. I am setting you as my goal, my target, my destination. I want to walk that path of life. I want to walk that path of thankfulness and gratefulness. See, the Oxford Dictionary uh, defines gratitude this way. It defines it as the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. That's how Ox the Oxford Dictionary uh, defines it. But I, I love to study, uh, you know, the Bible. I love to study the Old Testament. I love to study Jewish life. And, um, and, and Jews have this saying uh, that I want to share with you, because I like this better. Can you put that up there? It's called the Hakarat Hatov. All right, and I probably butchered that. All right, so if you know Hebrew, uh, give me a cut me a little slack. All right, I'm just a South Georgia boy, but Hakarat Hatov. This is what it means: recognizing the good, and I like that. I like that so much better. That gratitude for me is being able to recognize the good. Yes, there's bad in this world, and yes, there's bad things that happen, and yes, sometimes there are people who do bad things, but you know what? It's not all bad, and God's not bad. God is good, and we sang about that good God just a little while ago, and sometimes we might need to just sing that song over to ourselves and say, you know what? Today, I'm going to recognize what's good. Maybe I'll run over a nail. Maybe I'll run over a box of nails and I got four flat tires instead of one flat tire. But you know what? I'm so glad that I've got a car to have those four flat tires on. God, thank you for the car that I've got. God, thank you for the gas. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> thank you for the little bit of gas that I put in there that got me through to this point, right? I don't know if anybody's filling up now. That's just crazy talk, you know. But, but, but you know, we, we're thankful. We're thankful for, God, thank you, Lord, for the job that I have to be able to afford the car that I have. God, thank you for the garage that I have to be able to put my car in that garage if you're one of those people that you can get into your garage because it's got a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> I'm not one of those people, right? 
And, and so there's things that we can have, that we can be thankful for. I love the Jewish people because when they, when they pray and they have blessings, they have a blessing for everything. And I was talking to uh, some people uh, early on, and, and they were just, just going through some of these blessings with me. And they were talking about there's this blessing that they, they'll, they'll say, they'll pray, uh, uh, Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the ground. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the uh, universe, who gives us fruit from the vine. You know, and so these are things that they pray. There's a hundred different blessings that they can pray each and every day because what they're doing is they're reminding themselves that they are not the source, that God is their source, and we need to do the same. We need to be mindful that God is our source, that God is my source. So whatever you feed your heart will eventually consume your life. Whatever you feed your heart will eventually consume your life. So if you're filling it with bitterness, if you're filling it with rage, if you're feeling whatever you're filling that with at some point, that's what's going to consume you. What path are you on? For me, I want to choose gratitude. Yesterday morning, I got up about 4 o'clock. And I went and sat on my couch, and I got these big windows that sit right behind that couch. And a lot of times I'll just lay down, and the moon was super bright, you know. And I just, I just sat there, and I realized that it was November 20th. And November 20th is the anniversary of my dad's passing. And um, I just began to think about him. And I just, you know, I just, I just had a moment, you know, or I just, I just wept, and I felt that loss, I felt that, that time where, you know, and I just like, Dad, I wish you were here. I wish there were so many things that I, that, that I could talk to you about, so many things that I could ask you about, so many things I wanted to show you. I want to I show him my sons, how, how they've grown and what they've, they've come, become. And, God, I, there's so many things that I just wanted to share with my dad. And I started kind of feeling that sense of loss that I, I just wish, I wish, I wish. And it kind of started taking me down this pity party path. And I said, I ain't going to do that. I am not going to do this. That's not how my dad raised me, and that is not how God created me. And I, what I began to do at that point, I just looked kind of up at that moon, and I just, as it was kind of shining in the wind, as I said, God, thank you so much for the time that I had with my dad. Thank you for the years you gave me that I had with my dad. Thank you that I had a dad who poured into me and poured influence and, and poured faith and, and poured in prayers and just grace and mercy into my life. God, thank you that I had a dad like that. And so I just began to try to change my perspective to being grateful for what I had had instead of what I lost. And, and so what if we did that? What if we did that, that we just began to say, I'm going to change that perspective and not look. Maybe, yeah, you have lost some things. Maybe you have lost something significant or someone significant in your life, but God's still good. Even in the loss, God is still good, and I am going to give him thanks for everything he's allowed me to have. I'm going to give him thanks for everyone that has come into my life for the rights. Brother, Sister Wright, I love them so much, and even though it may seem like they're moving away and we're kind of losing them in a sense, I am grateful for the last 11 years that I've had a family in, in our corner, an amen corner, a literal amen corner, who is there just saying, come on, Pastor. I, 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 we, we believe it, Pastor, and, I, and, and I'm grateful for that because we need to be people of gratitude so whatever you feed your heart will eventually consume your life i'm gonna ask somebody to come play i'm gonna end with this scripture psalm 100 this is what it says it's a psalm of giving thanks 
And it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. And he is the one who made us, and we are his, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He goes on. This, I love this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and enter into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. He's good. We, isn't that the song we sang? He's good. For the Lord is good. He is, his steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. I love that. Go back to the, the fourth, fourth verse. See, the thing about it is maybe there's times that you say, God, I just really want to be in your presence. God, I just need you right now. I need you here. The key to getting into God's presence is thankfulness. Because this is what it says, I will enter his gates. You come into his presence with thanksgiving. You come into his courts with praise. That's how you get in. You want to get in his presence? Don't just, don't just complain about it. Because if you're all, all you're going to do is complain about everything that happens, if you're going to complain about how bad the world is, yeah, we all know that. That's not rocket science. You're not telling us anything. The Bible tells us that, that things are going to be bad. Even Jesus said that you'll have tribulation. In this, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. He says, but in me, you're going to have life. And so I'm, I'm going to change my complaint, and I'm going to make it gratitude. And if I want to get into God's presence, it's going to be through thanksgiving. And it's going to be through praise. This morning, we're going to take communion. You've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.